0: What's up everyone welcome to our review of wandavision episodes one and two so we're giving you a little bit of a double header everyone you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and anchor this review will be mostly spoiler content so if you haven't seen it what are you doing go watch it it should take you for the double header less than an hour being realistic doesn't take very long and then come on back and listen to us or just have everything spoiled for you but Without further ado, John, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Yes. So first off, a few key details to go along with WandaVision. So the first episode is directed by Matt Chapman. It's written by Jack Schaefer and it's starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Also has Catherine Hahn in it. And uh, in in episode two, it's directed by the same person, but you get uh, more writing credits like Gretchen Enders in there with Jack Schaefer. So, uh, you know, those are the and then Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany and Catherine Hahn are kind of the only pieces that kind of stay the same as we go through the two episodes. But uh, just my initial thoughts, I thought WandaVision was okay or good. I didn't think it was amazing or great just because the style of show doesn't grab me that much. And I did not think that was going to happen, that I wouldn't be hooked right away. And my expectations were kind of flipped where the things I didn't expect to be good were fascinating and so well done when it comes to the jokes, the puns. I thought the, the, the writing of dialogue was excellent. The acting was fantastic. Uh, but I expected the show as a whole to grab me and it didn't. So in a lot of ways I was kind of like whiplashed with this series and, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a slog for me to get through the next few episodes if it continues at the same pace, but it just hasn't grabbed me, but I'm curious, what is your initial take on these two episodes? I mean,
1: I think, uh, and I mentioned this this to you before as well, but I I think this is going to be a Mandalorian situation where it's it's a slow burn initially it all feels kind of disjointed but then by the end of the season it's going to start hitting the ground running really hard because this is supposed to be like a loose trilogy between this doctor strange 2 and spider-man 3 as far as like the multi-world introducing to the mcu um so i mean initially just as far as like its hints towards like a potential house of m story um, introducing Mephisto and the twins and all of this stuff, it lays the groundwork for what I think retrospectively will be a lot of really interesting tie-ins for future content. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty pretty heavily hinting at the devil being involved. Um, everything is for the children, uh, which I I have my own thoughts and we can get into it in a minute, but um, like they, they're, I I think you're right. Like the writing is very intelligent, in that the dialogue is good, but the words that they use, I feel like, are going to be very specifically chosen, um, so that if we go back and rewatch this, we'll say, "Oh my gosh, they hinted at this in episode one," and it's paid off six episodes later. Um, but I I think you're right. Like the acting's great. They brought in Dick Van Dyke to um, kind of be a advisor on like the slapstick part of that style of comedy. So they're being very true to the style, to um, the era that they're paying homage to. Um, it's all very authentic. Like, it feels like a actual Dick Van Dyke ripoff, kind of. Um, just in, like, the, the jump cuts they use when they when they pivot or, like, uh, cut something out of the scene.
0: The commercials? It,
1: yes! Oh my gosh, which Stark, uh, Von Strucker, um, it's all people that are, are connected to her life in some way or another and it's just going to keep building and building and building uh, so i i'm i'm impressed so far with i think the potential of it but i think right now just looking at the first two episodes this is just laying groundwork for things that we're going to have look have to look forward to later on
0: yeah and i totally did not get some of the things you're talking about like it's about the children and the devil that went way over my head i did not catch any of those things i think there's so much imagery and easter eggs in this that i just can't catch all of it at all and just like you said we'll go back to be like oh this was a clue i'm that kind of dumb person to rewatch it and be like oh i missed this the first time so i am interested in that uh but going on a little bit more i want to talk about how you know, I think you and I, our receptions are a little bit different. Me being a little bit more on the apprehensive side, but you're catching a lot more things. And so we're going to skip kind of a reception. We'll kind of hopefully review that towards the end of the season and see what we thought about season one as a whole. But let's talk about the writing in this, the dialogue. Oh, my gosh. This is so well done and yes i loved i loved the references like oh cracker jack magazine i'm just like like the cracker jack boxes where you get like your your caramel covered popcorn i love it and they got old colloquials they got sayings like g wilkers you know like you got any screw loose in there and puns puns for days i was thinking of you the whole way because of all the <laughs> puns they used
1: that makes me really happy chris
0: yes this this super sitcom vibe of episode one hit me so hard because they're making adult jokes they're doing the theme of a miscommunication oh i'm so glad we're on the same page Matt, tonight when they're absolutely not the hearts is is supposed to be uh uh vision's boss and wanda thinks it's the anniversary and they're totally you just you're watching as the audience them being off the same page which feels like i love lucy and yes the, it's just so well so masterfully done i keep on saying it it's I'm a broken record but even the stuffers like oh she's european which is why she's dressed this way and they're saying you know they're doing a toast and you hear a chin chin which is italian which i was just like what this this is so off the rails everything they're doing here in a great way where they're just throwing all of it into this one episode all these episodes of these sitcoms to give it a little bit more life so i really think that you have to give it to them written by jack Schaefer, give the man all the awards because it is masterful
1: we'll see what's going to be even more interesting is as they go through the time like quote unquote like time hopping elements of it where they skip to different decades um and the different styles of shows i'm really curious to see how that writing will continue um to to the different generations um like they're gonna do basically like a um like a oh my gosh one of my the olsen twins um full house full house they're gonna do like a full house style show uh it'll end up being look, looking like like at that 70s show kind of feel i mean like there's so many different styles that they're gonna throw in there that i'm optimistic that that quality of writing is going to continue as well
0: did you think did you think this was funny
1: i i thought it was very stylized and that um i thought the the slapstick humor was probably the best part of it for me um paul bettany as a drunk android uh because of gum in his gut uh i thought was hilarious um and just the fact that like wanda has to like be really quick on her feet and
0: try and explain away and that he's floating or that he can lift a piano up um that was my favorite joke was the piano where it's just like oh i shouldn't have shown you this and then the guy in the audience is like that was my grandmother's piano (laughs) yes I i laughed out loud to that and it reminded me of the type of comedy when i'm watching the hangover and it's when they're in the apartment of the stripper and it's like she has my grandmother's Holocaust ring. And then Zach Alphanakis says, I didn't know they gave out rings for the Holocaust. <laughs> yes. It felt like that. And I was just, it, it's so, it's so good. It's, it's great. It made me laugh so much. I thought the comedy was better than the time that they have. Cause it's recontextualized for us. Every at every moment I'm getting bombarded with jokes and it, it, they all stuck. Even the part where Paul Bettany is at the, uh, well, what is it? He's at the meeting for the, the, the neighborhood watch. And he's like, Oops. I've got some juicy, uh, gossip. And they're like, Oh, hit us with it. And he's like, this man's a communist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. And at that moment, I was, I freaked out, like, Oh my gosh. And they're just like, well, we thought you were square. And he's like, I'm as, I'm as circle as they come or whatever. Yeah. Is, I, I don't know. I, those things just hit me differently. Because I don't like, John, you know this, I don't like this sitcom type of thing where it's episodic. I don't like it, but the way they're hitting me with this is making me feel more and more like I am 50 years old. Yes. Uh, do you mind if I kind
1: of share, and I don't know if you, wanted, if you had this on the script at all, but um, can we do a little theory crafting to where we think they're going just based off the first two episodes?
0: Uh, let's leave that for the end okay good Uh, oh yeah we could theory craft, you know level 19 theory crafting here uh (laughs) uh next thing uh, let's talk a little bit about the acting and the composer which christoph beck has composed for the mcu before he did the music for the ant-mans and uh him doing the bewitched type of like wandavision uh intro was very stylized and it was very impressed the music and orchestra they had was very very good. I don't know if you had any thoughts about the music and the music cues, if that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean they're great. And he's doing a different uh, opening theme for each like gen- like each uh, type of show that they do. Um, so it, it's it's an ever adapting show that's evolving musically as well, which I appreciate that they didn't just write one like theme that's not like I th- I think by changing the theme for each style that they do it makes it that much more immersive because it's not it's not like a theme for the show as a whole it's a theme for the for the show that's going on within the show um and i i think it was really excellently written um i think with the atman series like you've seen how he can write something for a very um, specific genre and that's i think just translated really well into this as well
0: yeah i thought he i thought with everything he did very well done at no point did I hate the music I thought in the music cues in the episode, the first episode were great. I, I loved every moment of it. The music cues were fantastic, but, um, what did you think of Catherine Han?
1: Uh, I'm excited about what they're going to do with her character. And that kind of f- flows into my theory for the future of the show as well. Um, that she is definitely more than who she says she is. Uh, and i i think she was a great actress to get for a role like that i loved seeing her on parks and rec and i think she's just like one of the most naturally funny actresses we have out there now um so to have her on a show like this um she can keep up with the best of them she's a great improviser and i think she really ke- keeps the distraction element very much alive where uh uh wanda is not supposed to be thinking about certain things and and uh agatha can or um agnes can kind of misdirect her a little bit to kind of keep her mind off of what uh the audience i think is going to be led towards
0: which is funny you say agatha because agatha i believe is supposed to be her in the comics it, yeah
1: so people think that agnes is, is an abbreviation or a combination of agatha harkness who was a big central figure with um the, uh, the Mephisto part of the story when um I think it was with House of M as well that uh Wanda created this little pocket universe and Agatha was a witch uh that she thought was on her side but was really working for Mephisto the whole time um so it, it's kind of it's kind of looking like that
0: yeah yeah and I I did see some people theory crafting towards that but um Going to the performances by Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, I thought Elizabeth Olsen nailed this out of the park. And even though I know Paul Bettany is a pretty good actor, I just am more impressed with Elizabeth Olsen to see where she was as a child in Full House to the MCU. What? Wait, what? Huh?
1: She wasn't in Full House?
0: No, wait. I'm thinking of... No, wait. is she Are... part of the Olsen twins? No. No. <laughs>
1: That's Mary, Beth and Ash or
0: Mary, Kate and Ashley. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. Because uh, She's
1: their sister.
0: Yeah, did they all look the same? Whatever. No, <laughs> no, it's the, no. All the Olsen twins are one person. The twins are not the triplets. Whatever. <laughs> OK, so I totally botched that. We're keeping this in. I don't know anything. That's why I have you here. But to see her barely have a, any real dialogue throughout the MCU, we get to see her heartbroken in infinity war we get to see how she reacts to that which was fantastic her facial expressions she does a great job there and even in endgame when she's like you took everything from me and he's like i don't even know who you are with uh with thanos in this you really get to see her range and i really appreciate the job she does and specifically in episode two when it's the beginning when they're in bed in the two separate beds and it's that bewitched of like are you going to go? Someone should go take care and look at it. And Paul Benny's acting like a scared little child and she has to constantly do everything herself. And she's kind of, uh, scalding him a little bit, but playfully. Yeah. And she changes the beds to be a single bed. And they're like, Ooh, like that whole sequence there in that beginning scene really just shows off how, how well-rounded she is and her craft. And I think, Right now between her, Katherine Hahn, and Paul Bettany, she is the standout for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I the, all three of them are great. I I I think I'm leaning more towards vision. Um just and and what I love about what they're doing with these Disney Plus series is giving moments or like basically expanding on the moments that we spend with these actors and these characters that we didn't get in the MCU because we're pressed for time and we only have two and a half hours maybe two hours to tell a story um but this is an opportunity for us to really lean into the characters that deserve more screen time and that have much more depth to their character um i mean with uh with wanda i mean she has been through trauma after trauma after trauma and this is her way of of escaping it and processing it eventually um and vision i think is just basically just along for the ride and he doesn't even know what's fully going on um but I, I love the, like, the attention to detail that they have with, um, I mean, like I said, like, with Dick Van Dyke being an advisor to the show to some degree. Um, it's really that much more authentic to the style and the feel of those shows. Um, and it, it's 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 almost like an entirely different character character. Um, uh, that has nothing to do with Wanda or Vision that they're playing. It's it's just this own separate entity that I think is really, really well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, by the way, she was in Full House.
1: No, oh, was it? A she was a, she role? was the
0: girl with the flowers from one episode.
1: Oh, man, you proved me so wrong, Chris.
0: I know. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> she was in one episode. She, yeah, I know. It's so terrible. And back in nine nineteen ninety five, only one episode. But yeah, uh, going going past this, you know, talking about the acting, I think the the cinematography and how they get the aspect ratio is is like a box. Like it's not like the widescreen as, aspect ratio. It's like like worse than four by three. Yeah, and I think that's very funny while we're watching it is to have that boxy square type of like Nick at night feel to it. Uh, but, you know, we, that that's a simple thing that they did. And it's a simple, uh, it's a simple detail they needed to add to give us that feeling. And I really appreciate the kind of love they went through this, but just going into the theory crafting now. Yes. You know, we do, we didn't talk much about the story, in this, because there's not much of a story except for the glass that breaks in episode two, and from the them listening to the radio and kind of freaking out, and the choking at dinner in episode one, uh, where the that's those are the only scenes where the asp where the the filming and the cinematography changes to be more like modern day, where you get close up shots and zooms, unlike you that you wouldn't get in the. 50s and 60s kind of feel that they're going through with episode one episode two like they're shot very different except for that that's like the only modern takes is when you're hearing like Wanda, why are you doing this where are you like kind of aspect and i'm curious what do you think about those elements because i enjoyed it but i wish i got more of those that's that's really
1: interesting you brought that up because i hadn't even noticed that but it's um, I think it's one of the other things that they're leading into where it's its own little pocket reality. And um, it's basically Wanda creating a, a world based on shows that she's, she's seen in her past um, to kind of help process what she's feeling, what she's going through. And so it's those little moments when their reality starts to crack a little bit that, that they do mix up the cinematography or the way something is shot or seen or heard. Um, and so it's this entirely immersive break, um, to where it's not, it's like, it's noticeably different from what the rest of the episode is like. And I think the more we go along, the more of those breaks we're going to start to see, and it's going to, it's going to start feeling more and more disjointed. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. But I, I do, if I have a criticism besides what I've said about like being interested in it and the vibe, I would have to be that. I wish we got more of the, of those voices, more of that communication in the episode about like Wanda, you know, more, more elements interacting with the world, like the helicopter, which was, which was color. Like it had like the red color to it, the Stark industries, red light for the Toastmates. Um, Like that was the only amount of color we got in the whole episode one. Uh, And then you have the beekeeper coming out of the sewer, which I don't, I don't know. I saw some people online saying like, she could, she can rewind in the world. Like she could, she says no. And she kind of does like this weird time travel in it. Uh, So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, i'm curious about those elements but i didn't feel like i got enough of it to to really question like what's going on here yeah and and
1: i mean those will definitely happen more and more frequently as time goes on um but this is just kind of establishing establishing the world that she has created and while also hinting at enough for us, audience members, to know, even if you so, like if you've never seen a trailer, for us to know something isn't right, and there's somebody on the outside trying to connect with them, uh, but can't because she she has more control than I think she's letting on initially, because it it feels like when you well, when the scene open or like when the show opens and you're trying to establish what the heart on the calendar means, like they can't remember who they are or what they're there for, um, or or they can't, Vision doesn't know what they do with his at his work. Um, there's so many so much so much unknown to the show, but then you have that moment with the beekeeper where Wanda where Wanda clicks and she says no, like she is aware of what's happening and she is in control. Whether she is consciously aware of it or not, she is doing everything she can to keep this little world self-contained. Um, because the beekeeper is, uh, I mean, it's somebody from the outside that works with sword. The helicopter had the sword logo on it, so it's it's a um, probably a, like a surveillance helicopter that, that was trying to be sent in or that got caught up in, in that little pocket universe. Um, so it's these little bits of of the outside that we start to see and hear through the radio that give us hints at what's actually out there. Um, but it that moment, oh man, that moment of the no with the beekeeper just really got me excited because I didn't realize how aware she would be initially of the world that she was in. Um, But that just leads me to believe that she, she has way more control than we fully realize.
0: Yeah. And I, I I didn't really think about that until we started talking and you mentioned that she's the one in control. So I, 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 I am curious about it, but once again, that goes back to my point that we're not getting enough hints that, For me, at least, as a dumb idiot person watching this show, is that there's not enough hints that she's the one who's in control. But like we said, like you said, this is a slow grind type of type of television show, similar to Mandalorian where, yeah, we're gonna have to grind through a few episodes before we really get into motion and blast off into space as critics are saying the ending of this is supposed to be the screeners are saying that as we get to the end it's just gonna go balls to the wall, nuts. So we shall see and hopefully i'll get more attached to it so um is what do you got any more theories in theorycraft
1: yeah so i'm gonna try and put that as succinctly as i can so yes because he- i'm a dumb idiot so lay it on me okay so this is just so i want to get it on tape so i can kind of look back and see how right i was when we get to the end but um and sorry if i <laughs> if i give you too many spoilers or uh any, anything that I say actually comes true. Okay. Um, so I think what happened after Infinity War and Endgame, because she was blipped out of existence until Endgame, she came back. So she was not there for those five years to process what actually has happened to her. Um, it's been one thing after another, after another, after another. And and so this is... I, th- I think that she got connected with Mephisto and... Um, the MCU's version of the devil, basically. And he offered her a way to to escape and have a life with Vision because that's all she ever wanted. And he was taken from her violently. Um, she barely got any kind of vengeance on Thanos and then he was gone. So, And she was left to finally process everything that's happened to her. And so this is her completely ignoring how to deal with her emotions. This is her just living in denial um, in a world that she created through her chaos magic that may or may not have been enhanced by Mephisto. Um, but when we start to see these little bits of color or hints at the outside world, that's a uh, sword, um, which was established and is monitoring her because she is this like world level threat that has emerged, um, that they can't enter the bubble that she's created. Um, but it's, it's based off of shows and people that she's seen in her life um, that kind of warps as it goes. But I think Mephisto is more involved because uh, when they are constantly chanting or hinting at it's all for the children, I think what Mephisto got out of the deal, unknowingly or not to Wanda, is that she's going to bear children that um, will... that soul. Basically what happens in the comics is she gives birth to these kids... Uh, Wiccan and Speed, and they uh, their souls are are owned by Mephisto, and um, and then she races them and has to bring them back, and it's this whole thing. Um, but I think he's going to get two super powerful mutants out of the deal uh, because. The, like, there's all the subliminal messaging about it's for the children. Have you had kids yet? Why haven't you had kids yet? And then at the end of episode two, we see that she's pregnant. Like, all of these little messages has finally led her to this moment where she she um, basically is able to materialize kids, and she's it's going to be a very, very quick birth. Um, uh, obviously, much more metabolized and, and faster than nine months would be or ten months would be. Um, so I think... We're gonna go through. We're gonna see more of these breaks in reality, and by the end of it, um, Vision is going to realize what Wanda has done, and that she is the one that has facilitated this whole world being built, and that he's gonna realize he's not actually alive, but he's dead. And when the reality uh, is broken, uh, he's going to he's going to stay dead. I don't think he's gonna live after the after the show. Um, and I don't, I don't think we're going to get a season two. This is going to be a one and done. But I think this is the MCU's way of introducing Mephisto, of introducing Wicked and Speed as, as teenagers so they can join the Young Avengers later. Um, uh, we're going to see how uh, um, Monica Rambeau gets her powers uh, and she becomes Spectre or potentially like some version of Captain Marvel like she has been in the comics. Um, uh, and... Um, and I, I, think, I think we're going to see a lot more hints potentially at mutants as a whole, and how Wanda's power comes into play with that. Um, maybe more capabilities the Mind Stone, but I, I, like I said, I think it's a big way to introduce the Devil, Wiccan, and Speed, uh, Monica Rambo, and um, how how Wanda is going to become the Scarlet Witch and more of that chaos magic type of power set.
0: Hmm. That's a uh, lot to unpack. Yes, it I is. was just, I was just gonna say they're an intergalactic cable, interdimensional <laughs> cable. Dang. Yes,
1: it's uh, it's all one Rick and Morty joke.
0: Yes, and one big Rick and Morty timeline. Rick and Morty every Sunday. Rick and Morty adventures till eternity. Rick and Morty more Rick and Morty, uh, uh videos. Rick and Morty all this. Oh, jeez. Oh,
1: Rick oh, and geez. Morty to
0: the end of time.
1: Come on, more Rick.
0: Rick and- Love it, I love it. Um, yeah, I, that's a lot. I don't know who Mephisto is, but I guess it's the devil. It's the so, devil. It, it's the devil. I I was thinking it had to do something more with the Mind Stone, and that she's stuck in the Mind Stone with the uh, vision. But that's a good explanation. The only thing I'm curious is how is it going to tie into multiverse of madness with the. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange. I, I, I would think that Doctor Strange is the one who's gonna pull her out of this kind of hellish, or not hellish, type of environment, but this reality that she's kind of thrown herself into. So I'm curious to see how she gets out. Uh, I, I would imagine though Doctor Strange is involved. So we shall see about that later on. Anything else to get on the episode?
1: No, I think I've said enough. I've done. I've done a lot of talking this episode, but. I'm um, optimistic to see the direction that they're going to go in. Um, and I'm hopeful, or I, I at least hope that the things and hints that we've gotten in the trailers haven't truly spoiled anything that I hope that they've given them out of context um, so that we are still surprised because they've they've given away a lot in the trailers if we break it down shot by shot. Um, and I just, I don't... I hope that it's not predictable by the end. Like, I, I still want to be surprised, even though they're pulling from a lot of major comic book storylines. Um, and I think the MCU has done a good job of adapting things, not beat for beat, but kind of um, thematically more than anything. Uh, so it, it's, it's just exciting to see this new form of content for the MCU.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely new for sure. And we'll see if it lives up to the hype and if it, totally squashes everything that Netflix did with the Marvel brand. Yes. Yeah, I think the I think the jury is still out on that, but we shall see soon. So that'll wrap it up. We will see you next week for another review of WandaVision when we get to episode three. And yeah, we'll we'll see if I can still be intrigued and we'll see what next what the next theory from john the theory crafter is next week maybe something involving multiverse maybe crab people you don't know
1: <laughs> who knows but stick around and find out
0: yeah you know twilight zone type of television here we go all right guys we'll see you next week Bye. bye